This is a rebroadcast of my radio show, Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. Listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome to episode 43, and I have another guest in the studio. Yay! Welcome, Joanne. Hello. <laughs> yes, we needed to test the mic. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm not sure we can get the headphones going. Darn. Okay. No. Well, That's um, okay. I'll get you to just give us a little bit of a lowdown of how you and COVID are coping, or not. Are not. Are not. I hate it. Ah. But I like being at home. Okay. I just tend to go to the negative right now. I got. Yeah. 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 Neptune's going over my sun. Oh right. Yes, you are having a moment. (laughs) I'd forgotten that. Yes. Or a year. (laughs) Or a year. Yes. Well, that's true. Transits, especially from the outer planets, tend to last a long time. Alrighty. Well, before we bid adieu to all things Leo, I would like to explore this bigger-than-life magnetic energy that can warm our hearts and lead us into joyful exuberance and play, or possibly drama, king, chest-beating, queenly, wailing performances that are not well-written. Yes, that can happen too. Okay, so remembering with any sign, um, there are it's a coin, there's a good side and a not-so-good side. And as it happens, my anonymous chart today is also a Leo, which is perfect. But let's take a little dive into, and I have some charts for you to look at. Okay, so Leo is a fire sign, and it's fixed. The image that jumps to my mind is a Yule log burning or a campfire that draws you in. The warmth of Leo is like that. Basking in their glow would be some Leo's heavenly vision. I'm thinking the moon and possibly the ascendant in Leo. They're the ones that will do that the best. A well-placed Leo circuit will have major magnetism, like the real sun in the sky. Others will naturally gravitate around them. Leading and leadership, though, is not a given, but is totally doable. Because here's a surprise, when you actually look through historic records, and um, I did this on my own program, Solar Fire, I only came up with one king that was a Leo. Not that it's a huge database of kings and queens, but there was only one. And that was King George IV of England. Okay, let me just pull up his chart, which you have there. Yeah, so he buried his in the sixth house, if this is even a reasonably accurate time, which it probably is. They would have made note of things like that. Um, But yeah, you know, you would think somebody like Henry VIII would be a Leo. Mm -hmm. Nope, nope. But when I did look a little deeper, okay, um, what I did find is, yeah, yeah, so not so necessarily fun people, military leaders. 
Uh, the first hit I got, of course, was Fidel Castro, which if you think about the magnetism that he must have had in order to pull off what he did and to keep people to his side, that to me, he sort of demos it. But look what he's got. Sun conjunct Neptune. So he's got this Leo stand on stage, speak, and I will be listened to. But what he's actually saying and who he actually is might not be quite so obvious, right? Because he could hide behind that Neptune piece. He also is a full mooner, which is interesting. Um, full mooners are people that either will um, swing back and forth, right? You know, between uh, their emotional nature and their core sort of fire. Uh, so they'll at one moment express the Leo, the next moment they'll be doing the distancing Aquarian thing. And finding that balance, of course, gives them the most, um, the most to work with. And my suspicion is, is he came more from his Aquarian side. Because he, he tucked himself away, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Let's move this down and move you a little closer. She goes, I have to straddle the desk. This is just... <laughs> okay, I'm glad we don't have a visual of this because it would be weird. <laughs> but okay, so um, yeah, I think we got you now. Yeah, so this is, this is an interesting chart, actually. The Gemini rising, of course, he would have been able to speak. He's got Mercury and Leo. So the drama of communication... Yeah. I don't know if I've ever actually heard any of his speeches. Of course, they'd be in Spanish or Portuguese. No, Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. So I probably wouldn't have understood anyway. Cuban. Cuban. <laughs> no, I think it's Spanish. I think so. Okay, so now our next candidate is... Uh, who have we got next? Who have you got next? Mussolini. Oh, Mussolini. I know. It's just like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to have all this wonderful um, Leo energy for leadership, ugh, he was not a nice guy. Now, he has the classic. His Leo is um, in the 10th house... And so his storyline, you know, the king thumping his chest, going, I shall be the leader. Uh, yeah, that was it. And then he's got eight million things in Gemini in the eighth, mm -hmm. which is not a good thing. Or is that the eighth? He's got Scorpio rising. Yeah, yeah, that would be the eighth, Gemini. Yeah. Uh, not a nice character. Uh, uh, you know, one of the 21st or 20th century's, um, you know, totally fascist dictator. And mm. um, yeah, he could, yeah, uh, emotionally, Gemini, wow, eighth house. I guess he didn't feel much about what he was actually doing. But he, I mean, that's sort of the image that we have of Leo, but that's not a pretty one. <laughs> Not one we would want. Okay, now the next guy you have is Hugo Chavez. Chavez. I don't think I put his up. So let's move on to Herbert Hoover. Now, Herbert Hoover was a president in the United States. Uh, he only served one term. And 
And although he had, um, you know, I read a bit of his bio, and it did speak to a pretty clear vision of what he wanted to do. The only trouble is, is he took presidency, and then that fall was Black Tuesday, the biggest stock market crash the U.S. has had. (laughs) So not exactly, you know, um, yeah. Uh, so a Leo forced to deal with a really, really negative situation. Now, this is a Leo Leo. He has Mercury, Mars, Moon, Uranus, and the Sun all in Leo. So the drama of what he had to deal with, um, yeah. And apparently he didn't do it well. So And all, all opposite Saturn. Yes, Joanne's mm-hmm. just pointing that out. And so being able to take responsibility, to have the ideas, to find the solutions, apparently he was not good at. But still, an awfully difficult moment in time. But there we have. Now, I'm kind of going, but what about, you know, sort of our classic um, Leo scenarios? you know, where there is the magnetism and lots of astrology, people talk about, um, you know, how it's going to be people up on stage and they're getting the feedback and that makes their art even better and there's this whole energetic back and forth. But I suspect it's not when it's the sun. And, you know, and I've, I've, you know, I've obviously over the years, I've read a few Leo charts and when I've tried to walk down that road, you know, like, oh, what are you excited about? What are you creative about? They kind of look at me like, what? <laughs> and that's sun and Leo, right? Whereas moon and ascendant, they're all over it. So here's some examples. So moon and Leo, David Bowie, Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, Paris Hilton, Paul McCartney, the queen, right? <laughs> Our queen, Renee Zellweger. Uh, Charlize Theron, Tom Hanks, Hal Berry, and Marilyn Manson. And Marilyn Manson is very special because he also has the ascendant there. You know, and you think of his his whole shtick is being very dramatic, right? You know, so to me, the Leo energy in its more modern caricature comes through better, yeah, with the ascendant or the moon. Not so much the sun. You brought a Leo I brought two Leos. Ah, and one, so one young, one old. Okay, so let me Let's just have a young. quick look. All right, so Let's we've got one nineteen eighty. This is pretty new. So this is Sun, and it would be in the tenth house, although not in your tenth house. You have tenth house in Virgo. Okay, so do we see someone who is you know wanting to be up on stage? Not at no. all. Not yeah, at all. exactly. Exactly. But the other one does. But the other one does. But he's very young. Oh, yeah. He's only seven. But it's his ascendant as well. As well. Right. Right. So hopefully he can find a creative outlet for that. Huh. Okay. So, and Sun, this is exalted, right? Sun in the first house. It likes to be there. Yeah. Huh. So we would look for talent in this. He's got Venus in Virgo, which means, yes, I can develop talent. Totally. And then he's got this sort of hidden side with all that uh, stuff in in traditional or in 
Hellenistic, the Mercury, Mars, Jupiter would be in Cancer, right, in the 12th yeah. house. So something he could develop that doesn't, he doesn't have to share that part until he's ready. Right. Yeah. Huh, but I wonder what his juice is going to be. So what's he like doing now? He's extremely athletic. And okay. he loves spiders and scorpions. He wants to be a, an arachnithologist. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and he's got, so, I can't remember something in Scorpio. Oh, yeah. Scorpio uh, what's he got uh, in Scorpio? He has Saturn. Saturn. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Ha. Huh. He's Fixed. very, he's a quite a interest, very interesting little boy. Yeah. Huh. Well, if he was to pick a scientific persuasion, he would have to be at the top of the field with that Leo ascendant, right? Oh, he's at the, he wants to be at the top of whatever he does. Right. Okay. So that would be another sort of key thing with the sun, whereas the magnetism and the need to stand on stage and receive the accolades, I suspect, is more ascendant moon. Yeah. And the other fellow, yeah, so he's got uh, Sag rising. And so that Leo is in the ninth. So it'll be more about um, a point of view in life that honors the specialness of individuals. Let's hope he doesn't move to the States. No. <laughs> she, she shakes no. her head going, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Ha, huh, moon in Taurus. Okay, so a square. Yeah. Only thing important, female, is that is her family right now. Right. Oh, okay. Pisces. Not the mother of the same person. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting because this chart kind of mirrors the chart we're going to look at for Anonymous. She's got this. She's, uh, she's also a full mooner. So sun and Leo, moon and Aquarius. So she's got this huge, solid, fixed component but sitting on top is mutable yeah and that to me is a strange combo you know you've got um, especially when it's the angles that means life is going to ask you to be incredibly flexible all the time right and depending on which of the mutable signs is rising um, in this one's case what was it we have Sag, so that puts Jupiter, it's a day chart, that's good. Jupiter is of the sect in favor, it's in Virgo. Not entirely happy there, but can work. Huh. Yeah, so appearing flexible, even though we've got this solid, <laughs> solid Leo Taurus yeah, <laughs> in the background going, I am not oh, going to move an inch. Yeah. Yeah, interesting combo to put that together. But again, uh, one of the things I like to remind people is your experience of your chart is just normal. You're right. And it's, you all have, always have choice. Yes, and you do have choice. And when you're young, though, that point of view is just, well, isn't that the way everybody is? And astrology points out very quickly, no. <laughs> it's not. Okay, so I did run down the list of the moon in Leo. So the ascendant Leo, Marilyn Monroe, our favorite president, Donald Trump, <laughs> has Leo <laughs> rising. Darn. So he thinks he's king. 
<laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally. And that's also that whole Twitter thing. I have to be on stage constantly, yeah. right? Johnny Depp, who tends to have a lot of limelight. Drake, our very own um, rapper, he's got Leo Rising. Selena Gomez, Justin Timberlake. Kate of William and Kate, okay. Celine Dion, yes, she is definitely in terms of the way she puts herself out there. She's almost like a fashion icon on some level. Yeah. Meryl Streep and, oh, but we also have Ted Bundy. Oh. <laughs> okay, so when you think about what Ted Bundy did, you're kind of like, oh dear, the folks that he, yeah, the dark side of everybody wanting to know you, or you wanting but everybody he would, to know But he you. would have had the magnetism to pull them in, Yeah, right? Which is sad, you know? So, yeah. Leo, a very interesting combination. Okay, now what else did I say about this? Uh, okay, fire, you can be warmed by its presence, but you can walk away. And so that's, I suspect, is the when it's in the sun, you know, when the sun is the circuit. Okay, so the other piece of Leo that is often attributed is playfulness um, and being engaged, being fully themselves. Uh, then they shine. A reminder, and this I've always attributed kind of to Leo, is the highest form of work is play. When you're actually doing something that, you know, that your soul or the, the furnace in your belly is totally on board with then it's play it's not work you know it's like people come to see my garden and they go oh my god look at all this work and I look at them and I go no <laughs> it's not I get to play you know and I think that's a Leo circuit okay um, okay so I think I've covered all that the last thing that I want to comment about with Leo of course is the generational piece Right, and we first started kind of labeling generations in a really stark way with the baby boomers, right? Right, yeah. and that was Pluto going through Leo, right? And so the label, right, see me out there, Leo, mm -hmm. right? Now, whether or not we, you know, did anything actually helpful to the universe. <laughs> We thought we did. <laughs> we thought we did, yes. We, we thought we were doing really good, kind of, sort of. <laughs> some, oh, of well. us, some of us more than others. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Okay, so on to Anonymous. So you have Anonymous? I think I have Anonymous. Here you go. Well, actually, I'm going to turn my computer so that you yeah. can look at. Okay, she's going to. Okay, so with Anonymous, we have, uh, this is a female, August 4th, 1963, in Birmingham, Alabama, mm -hmm. and we have, okay, so I'll just kind of list it off. She has an exceptional rising. She has Mercury in Virgo and a Virgo ascendant. Okay, so Mercury is exalted, so incredibly happy, and he is naturally associated with um, 
the steersman of the chart. And so whoever is the ruling planet of the ascendant, that points to the direction that the life will um, be focused on. Okay, so we've got this significant Virgo circuit that also has two outer planets. Uh, Uranus and Pluto in 63, 64 were dancing together uh, to form a conjunction. It's the energy that, um, just trying to think. Well, it's sort of the energy that backed up the, um, the 60s revolution, right? Yeah. Uh, and so she's put all of that power in the first house. And so my comment to that was, um, actually, I started with the sun and Leo, but let me just go on to what I said about Virgo. Okay. So engaging in the world perfectly and being judged in the 10th house because that's where her Gemini MC is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course, the question doesn't speak to what she um, has done with her life, but my suspicion is getting really, really good at something did happen, you know, because it's exalted. Mm -hmm. um, whether she is ever satisfied, Virgo, with what she does, um, that's another question because that's one of Virgo's biggest issues is um, self-love, right? Yeah, because mm -hmm. especially with Mercury there, eh? They're gonna pick, 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 <laughs> pick, pick, pick at themselves, okay? But hiding behind that amazing Virgo circuit, like the chart you brought in, is this huge fixed piece. So she's the full mooner, although it's not all that exact. It would have happened later in the day. So she's got Sun and Leo in the 12th with Venus, and she's got Moon and Aquarius with Saturn in the 6th. This is like, um, it could get very stuck between the 12th and the 6th. Duty and responsibility in the 6th on a daily basis versus Leo needing me time. Okay. My suspicion is like sometimes 12th house is associated with self undoing, but with this Virgo rising, I don't see that. I see this more in its other version 12th house, which is the need to retire from the world and be with self. Yeah. You have 12th house stuff too, don't mm -hmm. you? Yeah. I do. Yeah. And I don't know if you've undone yourself too much, have you? Lately, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do myself up again. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But do you like to spend time with yourself? Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, that's how I see this playing out, is that she, you know, but the balance, trying to find the balance between sixth house duty and obligation, Saturn, moon, um, and time for herself. I imagine that um, at this stage in her life, she's likely been able to pull it off. One would hope. Okay, so what else did I say? Uh, so Moon-Venus opposition, an easier balancing act than the Saturn-Sun, okay? So it's a balancing act between loving feelings 
and nurturing and relationship, right? That's a pretty easy combo, Venus Moon, even in the opposition. I don't see that as being as big an issue. Now the Jupiter, um, which, okay, so her question, I should read the question. I would love to know the energies that the astrologer sees around a potential move in the near future. Uh, next two to three years. We currently live in a beautiful town home in a live-work neighborhood, but my heart calls for the co country almost every day. So I was curious to see if there is something at work that goes beyond me prompting a possible move in the future. Um, yeah, so that's an interesting way of putting it, you know, like will the, the universe drag all that fixed fixity <laughs> <laughs> and so I understand that like I need something to get me moving because you know even though it's mutable on the angles it's there's this huge fixed lump right? sitting right there yeah. yeah yeah now the two guys that can make movement possible Mars and Jupiter are opposed to each other and they're they're in the weird places right now Jupiter can handle um, Aries energy because it does have Sag right it's so it can do fire um, but Mars goes and I should know this very well I have Mars and Libra Mars is just a little bit confused about being fair and then you look at the rest of the chart and you go oh wow she's doing all this balancing <laughs> sometimes you look at a chart and you go really <laughs> That just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> yeah. But it's what she's working with, right? So now Mars is not of the sect in favor, but Jupiter is. So my suspicion is, is the balancing act between what other people want and what she wants, okay, is actually doable. But um, second, eighth house, those are not happy houses. So, you know, she basically said okay i'm going to give myself this completely dazzling rising sign with mercury with just talent coming out the yin yang but then i'm going to pit it with um only working with the, all the bad houses <laughs> one would shake their head and go wow now again it's relative i can only say that because i'm looking at it from the outside now for her this will be normal right you know, yeah. aren't yeah. these balancing acts what everybody has to try to figure out? Not so much. Not so much. Not everybody. But some do, right? But she's given herself this huge edge with an exalted Mercury, Virgo rising. And yeah. is she close to Saturn return? She is. You notice that. Yes. So, of course, with uh, a moving question, timing is everything. So... Now, the question itself focuses on the fourth house, and we look at the fourth house, and it is Sag. So that brings that Jupiter in Aries in the eighth house into play. Okay. So, will we need support of some kind to, in order to own? Probably not. She, or probably yes, I mean. Um, so the eighth house is joint resources, right? Other people's money and inheritances. Okay, so um, now the other thing that um, I thought of 
and here's where my my mind went so sagittarius can suggest foreign lands right you know it's surprising that she doesn't live in a foreign country um because that can be easily indicated with sag on the fourth okay so i went my mind went to a tiny house that could move through the landscapes <laughs> that's what i thought of to to answer this right it's like okay so she probably doesn't want to move out of the country or she would have already been doing that um anyway i digress maybe it's she true. just needs to take a trip well there's that yes but you know in a tiny house in a tiny house there you go okay so Jupiter Aries does suggest immediate direct contact with nature. So when she does get out to the country, it's got to be close, right? 12th house sun and what, again, my mind went to Walden Pond style retreat would fit, right? Where that, that Leo piece can do its, its nurturing time to, you know, keep the fire stoked. Okay, but the two major oppositions cannot be ignored, and Saturn's sixth house, though of the sect in favor, will require astute management of obligations versus me time and the how to secure the resources to make the move. My money, their money, and or both, right? So that's pulling in both of those pieces. Okay, so then I pull up, you know, things like uh, solar arcs, secondary progressions, transits, and then I add in the Hellenistic piece, which is annual perfections and zodiacal releasing. <laughs> and pretty soon you have this mess. No, no, no. <laughs> Sometimes you kind of go. And so what I'm looking for um, to answer a question like this, and, you know, when people ask this, you know that they're wanting to see that it's doable, it's possible, and when is it going to happen, right? And But I have to have enough um, of any of those that I've just mentioned, enough of them happening close together to actually be able to give a positive pronouncement, right? If I've got, you know, a transit in this year and no progressions and no solar arcs, yeah. Um, if I've got the wrong zodiacal releasing segments, a finishing rather than a starting, you know, it's, yeah. So you, what you do is you collect all of the balls, throw them, no, no, <laughs> you just throw them in the air and go, ah, what are we going to do? Okay. So I did actually collect them. Okay. So, and I'm just showing Joanne what it looks like when I collect Ooh. them. <laughs> <laughs> It takes a moment or two, but you you have to do that in order to get a, a good enough picture to be able to make some sort of pronouncement, right? right? Um, because, yeah, you can leave out significant things, and, of course, then it just all goes to heck. Okay, so starting off with Jupiter, seeing as Jupiter is in charge of her fourth house. Now, unfortunately, Jupiter went through her fourth house last year. Ooh. Dang. You know, which is kind of too bad because mm. it'll be 12 years before it does that again. Yep. Okay, so on some level I went, ah, damn, miss, missed one of the good ones. <laughs> okay, and then of course next year, transiting Saturn and Jupiter will start their serious journey through Aquarius. 
And with a looming Saturn return, serious questions will need to be asked and answered. And the Saturn return finishes in December of 2022. Now, um, Saturn returns act as glue. And what is crucial to remember is glue has no preference. So Saturn itself has no preference, right? To what it is you want to go, okay, I want this, I don't want that. What it does is just gives you reality, right? Um, and it's interesting, I've been listening to some other astrologers talk about Saturn transits. And they, they say it's difficult. And I'm going, well, but what's wrong with looking at reality and making some really significant choices that you can live with? Yeah, maybe that's difficult. I don't know. I have moon in Capricorn, so <laughs> I see it as not that big a deal. But I think it's only difficult if you make it difficult. I mean, everybody has significant choices they have to make. Yeah, from time to time. And yeah. if you can't make those choices, then it's difficult. Yes. Ah, good point. Good point. Very good point. Okay, so Saturn acts as glue and uh, procrastinating, if you are procrastinating, this can be a problem. Saturn lays out reality and says, do you want this? Yes or no. Maybe is really not a viable option because Saturn will just glue in what's existing, right? A conjunction lock scenario is for maximum 27, 28 years. So for instance, if you're coming up to a Saturn return, you're married, you're happily married, you look at each other and you go, we're in it for the long haul. Saturn will go, not a problem. I can lock it in for 27 to 28 years. Okay. Now the minimum lock in for a conjunction is seven to eight years. And why that? Because that's when the square comes up and you get to review what you chose back at the conjunction. But I, you know, I'm, I hold very strongly to people when they come to their Saturn returns to really get serious and look at reality and make choices. Okay, so in Anonymous's case, I would heed the call to move and have it either done by December 2022 or in the works. Now that was at my first layer when I first went in, just because obviously like you saw, the Saturn return was coming up. Okay, so the past few months though, we've had Saturn has been doing a drive-by. Remember, it right. went into Aquarius yep. briefly and because her moon is at one degree, she has already been getting a Saturn to the moon. Okay, so feelings are strong and come with that same Saturn glue. The last direct hit for Saturn to the moon is December 29th, 2020. Make a commitment to yourself to honor your 12th house retreat to the country. If you do, you can begin to move your fixed energy in that direction, a slow process at the best of times. And then I, so then I started to think about my original statement about, well, you wanna have it done by 2022. And I thought you at least wanna make the commitment by by the end of your Saturn return because mm -hmm. then I started to realize that's a lot of fixed energy right yes, and the commitments yes. that she's got are probably pretty serious yeah okay so um okay so now there are internal timings uh 
but will only work if you can wrap up commitments that hold you back from moving. Again, the amount of inertia here will require courage to just act, and especially when it comes to moving, because Jupiter is in Aries, and that's what it likes. Uh, so in terms of the internal timing, uh, so what we have here is we've, we've actually got um, internal by solar arc, we've got Saturn conjunct Jupiter, so that's why it's on her mind and on her mind all the time now. So um, Saturn by solar arc has moved up to and is conjoining that Jupiter. So her question makes sense. Um, the MC at the end of 2022, so this point here will have moved all the way down to the sun. And the MC is what? Opposite the fourth house. So that is the axis of where you want to be in the world. Okay, your home and your position and community. And so that too is going to culminate 2022. So I'm not seeing a movement before then. Right now, the progressed moon will conjoin Jupiter. So progressed moon makes several laps in a lifetime. And right now it's right about in here in her seventh house. It will come up and conjoin Jupiter, the planet of that's where we need to be moving, uh, November of 2023. And Venus, who started off up here in the 12th house, it will come around and be opposite Jupiter so um, the progress moon is November and January of 2024 is Venus to Jupiter. So I'm starting to see, you know, we've got this piece of inertia. Okay. She makes the commitment by the end of 2022 and then actual movement. And when it's done is probably, you know, the winter of 2023, 2024. So then I went, okay, let's go another level deeper. And I went down to transit. So um, what she gets in 2023 through 2025 is Pluto, who is in Capricorn right now, okay, will finally catch up to her moon. So to be living in the country when Pluto conjoins your moon, where you get to just sort of breathe through that process. <laughs> Having gone through that a couple of years ago, I highly recommend it <laughs> to be in the country because that's a deep dive, right? Pluto to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it happens, starts in 2023 and it completes in 2025. Now, zodiacal release oh annual perfections she is in a 10th house year right now okay so that's she's still working probably doing her career thing so in three years time it will come down to her ascendant and that's like the new me mm -hmm. right new i've let my yes. career go probably we're moving to the country i get to reinvent myself yep. yeah first house perfection now zodiacal releasing it was interesting she started with uh, a finishing chapter or book as I like to call it she started with uh, spirit is in Aries um, her most prolific period in terms of life being terribly active from 1986 until 2005 and now she's in a wrapping up phase 
And that's, so that was kind of interesting. I'm new to the zodiacal releasing. And so, you know, I can't shut the door on this move just because this is a wrapping up. Because if I think about it, if she's been very happy and comfortable living where she's living now, then in order to move, yeah, she has to wrap things up. Okay, so I went to the second level, and um, which is, she is now in a, okay, so 2019 is an Aries. So again, that speaks to the fact that she's thinking about it, right? And it's on my mind every day, as she put it. And then I went just a little bit further. There is a loosening of the bonds. Now, that is considered, you know, life is going along, life is going on, and then it turns left. So that, too, speaks to 2023. And I went, bingo, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So if I was to make a pronouncement, and again, so I've weighed a bunch of factors, right, added them all up, and I would say... Yeah, like the fall, winter of 2023 into the spring of 2024 would be, yeah, that's when you want to have it a done deal. Like you're moving, you're sold, you're, yeah, yeah. Any any questions about what I just did? No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can see how it stacks up. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it's a lot of... She, I was showing her my little note section, right? It is a lot, a lot. but... But putting it all together... Yeah, then you get a picture. Yeah, then you get a picture. And I've got a picture on more than one level. Yes. So not just the external push, but the internal timing as well. And that's what you need. If you don't yeah. get both, yeah, not so much. Not so much. Okay. Alrighty, what do we have left? We have time. So I was kind of thinking we might have time. So I brought, yeah, the the democratic Ooh, yes. pictures. Yes, because I knew I was probably going to need to talk some more. So, uh, so the interesting one is, well, sleepy Joe Biden. It's like, really? That was the best the Democrats could do? <laughs> I just... You know, I despair of American politics. I really do. Um, Maybe they're putting him in to get her in, though. Well, exactly. You know, um, I mean, this guy, he's hes an all right guy. He has 27 planets in the 12th house in Scorpio. My heart goes <laughs> out to him. His wife and, and his daughter died in a car accident. And then his son, another son, perished just a little while back. Um, <laughs> You know, the poor guy has been through so much. And now he wants to take on leading the gong show that is called the U.S. You know, it's like, shake your head, go like this. Uh, isn't it time for retirement? He doesn't have a chance. He's got to clean it all up. Oh, I guess. Well, he's somebody's got, got to clean somebody's it up. Somebody's got to clean it up. That's true. Okay, so when, again, I did a really quick, quick look like I did for Anonymous's question, right? And there's a lot of astrologers that are doing this. And his does not look impossible, but it's not dazzling, no. right? So let's look at his running mate. Should he decide to keel over? No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> then who would be taking over? Well, for starters, it's a woman. Yay! <laughs> so we'll go with that. Okay. 
So who do we have here? Kamala Harris is a Gemini rising, so that's mutable on the angles, which means she can be adaptable. You know, things need to go one way, she can go that way. If they need to change, she can go another way. Okay, her son is in Libra, but Mercury, which is the ruler, is in Scorpio in the sixth. So her natural proclivity is sixth house, which is working as a servant, right? And so she because she worked her way up through, I think she's a lawyer and then a judge and in the police force and yada, yada, yada. So she is done what she's supposed to do. And in Scorpio, she's not afraid, yeah. right? She's gonna tackle the tough questions, the tough issues, um, and she can speak truth to power, Scorpio. Yeah, so we're going yay for that. Now, uh, where's her Mars? This is a night chart, sun below the horizon. And so Mars is in Leo. Ooh. So when she says jump, she actually means jump. <laughs> and she will tell you how high. And she's not afraid to. <laughs> and she's not afraid to. Why do we say that? She has moon in Aries. <laughs> so, I mean, this would be, she would be a very interesting president. Very interesting. And apparently, you know, although she rose up a long way, uh, police people don't actually like her. Because, apparently, she chose not to give someone who had killed a cop the death penalty, which kind of goes to the heart of sort of the, the police and the story, Leo, that they're telling themselves about what their position is. And unfortunately, it's gotten way too skewed. You know, it's um, dealing with things at a black and white level eventually doesn't work. No, no. life is great. And, um, okay, so she is a full mooner, and look at this. She is a full mooner within 10 minutes, 27, 48, 27, 39. <laughs> Unbelievable. Born exactly at a full moon. Yeah, I just went, ooh, do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She, she yeah. can shine. Yes. Um, and... She also truly, if she has been able to pull that balance off within herself, understand how to make it balanced, how to honor the individual and honor the collective, honor self and honor other, right? That's, that is between Aries and Libra, she's a sun in Libra, that is the first place where balance has to be struck, right? Because it's the first sign that represents the opposition. When you start with Aries, right, the first opposition is Libra. And yes. then all the other oppositions follow after. Looking at MC, her MC, she's got Saturn on her MC, yep. which is in Aquarius. Aquarius. So, so she's, she's coming up to her second Saturn return. Yep. And it's in a sign of humanitarian too. Yes, so. yeah, that is good, that yeah. is good. So her zodiacal releasings do look reasonably good. But again, she's vice, 
and we don't want to wish any ill will on Joey. How old, <laughs> how old is Joe? Joe was born in 1942. Okay, so he's 70. 70-something. 70 78? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, he could... He could be fine. <laughs> Some people think he might fall asleep. <laughs> yes. It's, it's unfortunate because he, you know, he has Sag rising. So, um, and, but Jupiter's in Cancer. So he's really too sensitive to go see me. Yeah. And then his son is in the 12th house. It's like, ooh. Yeah. I've been through a lot of crap. Yeah, and I he has intensity, like huge intensity. I suspect being in his presence, it would be quite a different thing. It wouldn't be Sleepy Joe then, right? You'd be like, whoa, who is this guy? More than he, he yeah. more than he appears to be. Oh, totally, yeah. totally, yeah. And um, what else? Where's okay? So. Yeah, his kids, that's the unfortunate thing. See, from the old Hellenistic perspective, the fact that the ruler of the place of children is in the 12th house, that does speak to the loss of children yeah. or that possibility, Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But it's interesting, again, we both of them have mutable angles. So from that point of view, I can see where they get along. And I'm just going to... So let's pause. I have a few minutes. Yep, I have a few minutes. Um, how do the two of them stack up? So 27 Scorpio. So her fire in the belly is not relating to his fire in the belly, but she does have Mercury in Scorpio. So she can match him in terms of doing the deep dives and tackling. And her Jupiter is in Taurus where his moon is but her moon in Aries well yeah he's got Mars and Scorpio so yeah they can get along they can get along alrighty well I think the time has come for me to yak about the week to come and just a heads up for those who actually tune in to the show uh, August is going to be the last month that I do this kind of daily um, reading. What I'm going to start in the fall is uh, I'm going to just do one episode. It'll be about the month ahead. Um, that's kind of what a lot of the other astrologers do. And I think I'm going to do the same. And then I will have one episode on whatever the sun is going through. So next month it'll be Virgo. But I'm also going to look at the whole year like one year going, you know, from September to the following September for everyone who has a sun in Virgo. But I'll also, you know, tailor it if you had ascendant Virgo or moon Virgo. Yeah. So I'm going to switch it up a bit. And I'm going to talk to them about doing Zoom. Yeah, because see, I can do Zoom. And that would come through. The audio would come through. And that would be way easier for the call-in. I don't have to worry about phones and, and people could call in from anywhere. Anyway, I've got, I got to talk to management, though. I shouldn't really try to say too much more until I've talked to them. Anyway, <laughs> so here we go. Today, Moon is in Cancer, playing witness to Uranus stationing and turning retrograde. 
tensions and shocks that fix signs with 10 degrees prominent may notice a shift today. You get to reconsider your responses to shocking and sudden changes. Maybe a new lockdown in the offing? In the background, Cancer Moon is asking for nourishing me time. Sunday, August 16th, Cancer Moon will need to get active. The Sun and Mercury are egging on Mars. So there's a nice trine happening to Mars. Um, action, movement, striking out. Oh, this is trine, so carelessness is possible. I'm looking at someone who has Mars in the Ascendant who sometimes gets a little carried away. You be careful, dear. <laughs> Okay. No skateboards. <laughs> yeah, no skateboards. Okay, the moon calls in the man. The Capricorn trio face-off with me. 5 p.m. will show if a compromise is possible. Monday, August 17th. Overnight, the moon slid into Leo and the lights come up to witness the sun-mercury conjunction. Mercury will now rise before the sun and regular Mercury programming with all that shifted from the last retrograde cycle will be in place. Um, late tonight, Venus sextiles Uranus. Hmm, on the political stage, what is revealed? So there's this whole Israeli-Arab thing, which we're kind of all going, huh? Uh, the Democratic Convention will be winding up or winding down conservatives will probably have a new leadership okay tuesday new moon and i did put the chart of the new moon up this is seed time for self-expression okay wednesday august 19th both the moon and mercury head into virgo attention everyone we are heading back to and the big question is what Various models of end-of-summer lists are going to be on people's minds. Moon in Virgo starts the day in a fog on Thursday. It's got an opposition to that Neptune. Okay, at 10.15 a.m. She then catches up to Pluto and Saturn and gets real. Uh, <coughs> 2.45 p.m. to Pluto and 8.36 p.m. Uh, to Saturn. Concrete plans for the fall can get written up. Okay, Friday, August the 21st, uh, the moon moves into Libra overnight, makes not any major aspects for the day. Pleasant, companionable, <laughs> yay. Okay, coming up to showtime next week, the moon in Libra plays host to the sun's entrance into Virgo at 8.44 a.m. The moon will also make squares with Capricorn Trio, Jupiter at 7.45, Pluto at 3.33 p.m., and Saturn at 9.19 p.m. Oh, but wait a minute. There's also an opposition to Mars in there. Yikes! At 8.35. Ah, that needs a whole lot of respect. Okay, so there we have it. Another show complete. Yay! And just to remind you, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. Take care. Keep to your bubble. Wear those masks. That's my idea. <laughs> and we will see you next week. <laughs>